Hey everyone, welcome to the Off the Rail Show on the OFD Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Voles, uh, site manager for OneFootDown.com on SB Nation. And just uh, just recovering from the Memorial Day weekend and all that goes on. Um, <laughs> haven't had a whole lot of updates on the site, but uh, you know, everyone's everyone's was enjoying uh, their Memorial Day time and uh, our family certainly was one of those. Uh, you could tell which family members of mine uh, got the Sicilian blood and which family members of mine got that Polish Irish blood uh, just by the, the hues that are going around. Uh, just want to give a quick shout out to my nephew, Quentin and godson. He turns 21. Uh, well, it was the 20 on the 28th. Uh, most of you all hear this on the 29th and Hey, that's when my first son, uh, it's his birthday today. Uh, he turns eight. So kind of a, it's a big week for, for our family all the way around. And so things have been a little, little slow. That's all right. It's, it's the end of May. But uh, I wanted to take a few minutes tonight and just talk with everybody about uh, Notre Dame super sophomores, and that uh, that may not be the you may not think of the the phrase super sophomore, uh, you know, with Notre Dame's with the Notre Dame players that we're going to talk about tonight, because no one really. I mean, the freshmen last year there wasn't a big splash, um, and it. Every signing day comes along and, you know, we're trying to identify which players make like immediate impacts. And, you know, like one of the players, one of the freshmen that made the, the biggest impact last year was, you know, Tariq Bracey. And no one was really talking about him in the fold. Houston Griffith made, made a splash himself. I mean, those two guys in the defensive backfield, but Griffith was kind of like a guy you would expect to make a bigger to make a bigger difference out on the field, uh, Bracy just kind of you know appeared. Bracy to me reminded me a lot of, um, in some ways, of Kavari Russell uh, his freshman year. Uh, just the kind of the way he, he kind of just came up. You know, we had higher rated corners such as DJ Brown, who's now playing safety, and Noah Boykin, who was now transferred. And here's Tariq Bracy, who we kept hearing during the recruiting process. You know that he was that they, the staff loved him. And obviously we saw as he, uh, uh, got the early playing time, things towards the end of the season seemed to change a little bit, but nonetheless, he had impressed them enough to, to earn that spot on the field. So, you know, you know, we're going to talk about the sophomore classes, you know, just a little bit of as a whole and just kind of identify maybe some guys that are going to shine this year. Uh, some, I, there's going to be a couple guys, you know, that almost like, it's going to be put on them, you know, it's either hit or miss. Uh, it's ride or die uh, with, with some of these guys. And some of them are, are role players that uh, that can shine, you know, that can shine in their role. And there is nothing wrong with that. Just because you're not a starter, you know, if you are a role player, you're this is a team game. And the guys that play those roles and, and do the work necessary to do that are, you know, just as valuable you know, as a starter in many ways. So, you know, you're depending upon them to, to do that job that you have in front of them. And if they can do it, then how are they not? (laughs) So we're going to go through some names. I I probably have, I don't know, maybe 10 names written down. It it was a big class about 25 um, or 26. I'm sorry. Uh, 
that signed, 25 left. Um, and just some guys that I think that we're going to you know hear quite a bit about. Um, and guess what? My list doesn't include sophomore Phil Jerkovic, or Jerkovic, however, however it's supposed to be pronounced. Um, look, Ian Book's going to be the starter. There's no question about that. Barring injury, I, I, you do, I don't foresee any hardcore meaning, meaningful uh, playing time for Phil. Um, that's not to say that, you know, if there's an injury, it could be instant, but, uh, I, I, I just don't, you know, it's just not in the cards for this year. And that's great. Uh, I kind of like having a senior at quarterback. I don't know about y'all, but, um, I like Ian book. I like what he brought to the table. And I think as a senior, he's, he'll be able to efficiently, uh, move this offense, which I think a lot of people believe is an offense that will be capable of scoring 40 points a game. And I'm cool with that. I, I don't know why you wouldn't want that. Uh, so so we're, we're not going to be talking about Phil. That, that, that was basically it. So let's just, let's just go down the line. We're, we'll start offensively. And, um, and I'm just going to talk about just, just guys. These are guys that I wrote down. You know, five minutes prior to me hitting record here, I wrote down some names who, who I think uh, could shine for Notre Dame, could, could be a role player, could eventually maybe be a starter, could, you know, do a lot of good things, uh, set themselves up for a great year or two after, uh, this year even. Um, so first up and, and like, this is in no order, uh, at all, uh, just going down uh, the list. I'm actually going off of my scholarship chart that I have up on the site for 2019, so just, just to make it even more, not random, but look, I'm not ranking this. Maybe I should. I guess that's the blogger way, right? We provide rankings. Maybe I will towards the end. Maybe maybe I'll give my, my top three um, sophomores. And perhaps, I, so I, maybe I spoke too soon. Let's just go down the list. And, and first up, you know, is running back Jameer Smith. Now, Notre Dame has a little bit of a running back issue this year. No, Chris Tyree is not on the team this year. He will be a senior in Virginia, um, in a high school in Virginia this season. So Jafar Armstrong, Tony Jones Jr., those are the ta- that's the tandem for Notre Dame at running back. After that, it's it's that third back, really, right? You know, you could have more, but you're really looking for like a three back rotation. And I I, I tend to believe that I think we've seen that that's around the number Notre Dame likes to use in a normal game situation, you know, and three would be on the high end, but I, you know, Jameer could set himself up, you know, that it's dependent. There's a freshman in Kyron Williams who, you know, a lot of people like, and he also has fellow classmate Sebo Flemister, but Jameer really seemed to have, he seems to have shown a little bit more. Uh, he was an early enrollee, uh, which makes a, you know, as a freshman, which makes a huge difference. And, you know, this isn't, this wasn't his first spring that he went through. This is his second spring. So it was the same number of springs as some juniors, you know, he's got a good build. Uh, he knows the offense. He, uh, you know, it, he's available to use in the passing game. There, He's, he's one of those backs that you can, he's a plug, not plug and play, but I mean, you can put him in and play him. Running the ball, catching the ball, pass protection. He obviously has, there's so much to improve with his game, and he's so young. But 
you know, he's a guy that could give Notre Dame a lot of quality minutes. So next up, uh, tight end Tommy Treble, a uh, Tremble. <laughs> I said, I think I said Treble, uh, and you know, I think a lot of people are just going to say Treble. But anyways, um, he look, he's a really athletic tight end. Now Notre Dame is pretty much, you know, it's Cole Komet and Brock Wright, and then that third tight end, I, I, I just don't see George Tackett's moving past him, moving past Tremble from just. The things that we've you've, we've gathered throughout spring, if there's a third tight end needed, uh, Tommy Tremble seems like he's he's the man. And how many snaps that is, I don't know. But he could really set himself up to be, you know, to be that third tight end that comes in. You know, there there are formations. Chip Long, you know, a former tight end himself, loves to use the tight end. And I think this year we're we're going to see it shine a little bit more than what we had in the last you know year or two. And he can give you, he's going to be that guy that comes in and gets. Look, like I said, these are not guys that I'm saying all these guys are going to be huge contributors or huge, you know, or starters or huge stars this year. But I think a lot of these guys will be able to help Notre Dame win some football games. So now we move down to the wide receivers. And now that this gets a little bit dicey, right? There's a lot of sophomore wide receivers. I mean, let's just go through. Let's first. Let's just go through the list of all the sophomore wide receivers: Micah Jones, Kevin Austin, Braden Lindsey, Lawrence Keys the third, Joe Wilkins Jr. That's five guys. All right. Now they obviously they pay. They all. They all don't play the same position at you know the same spot at wide receiver, but those are five guys that that of the five, four of them. With Austin, Lindsey, Keys, and Wilkins, we've heard quite a bit of, um, whether it just be you know practice reports or you know little spots here that they shine, and so of all of those guys, I th- think Kevin Austin obviously probably is the name that people would say first, right? I, maybe Braden Lindsey because of his speed, and maybe Lawrence Keys because of his quickness. I don't know, but Austin, you know, he played last year. Until the end of the season, like him and Bracey, whatever happened, happened. And not saying that something happened between <laughs> between them. I, I don't. I don't want that getting misinterpreted. But whatever happened with you know his traits or whatever, whatever they want to say, you know, where he wasn't, he wasn't even traveling with the team at the end of the season. He was out there getting playing time right off the bat. He's got the skills. He's got the talent. He's got the speed. He is you know, the prototypical wide receiver that we want to see out in the field. I think if he gets past those traits or whatever you want to call him, I think he's the next guy in for, you know, either Claypool or, or Michael Young. Um, I, I think that's definitely, I think that's going to be the case. And so, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I can't see a, a scenario outside of traits where that wouldn't be the case, to, as far as I can tell. Now, uh, the another the the second name and the, the only other name I'm gonna put off of, off of these guys that uh, that uh, put in that super super sophomore uh, category, I think is is Lawrence Keys. I think that that he's gonna provide enough. I think he's he's the one that gives Finky a breather. I think he's his quickness is just tremendous and. Look, the staff loves him a lot. I, I think 
he's really a guy they want to get involved somehow. And look, there's only so many balls to go. There's so many, so many plays and they can go around and there's, you know, one ball. But I think, I think there's going to be a trust factor involved with keys coming in, giving Finky a breather or coming in, you know, along with Finky. I, you know, I don't know. Um, but there, there just seems to be something about him as from what I can see that, that I think that he's going to tr- contribute to the team. How many catches that is? I don't know. He, maybe he's only getting 250 yards receiving this year. I don't know, but <clears throat> that sets him up for next season. And that's a lot of what, what we're getting at this year is a super soft, you know, getting that playing time, meaningful, contributing to the team, to the wins, and then setting yourself up as a junior and as a senior. <clears throat> So, moving down, we actually, we have a starter, Jarrett Patterson, at center. Uh, it was the surprise, I, to me, I, I think this is like the biggest surprise move of the offseason going into spring. And it wasn't just that Jarrett Patterson was moved to center. It was that he is the starter, and they were backing him completely at starter. Hadn't, hadn't played a game at center. You know, he came in as, a, as an offensive tackle and, you know, Chip Long right off the bat was like, this is our guy. So him and, him and Kelly were like, yeah, it's Jared Patterson. And that's with, you know, Trevor Rowland coming back. And, you know, Rowland's got some some injury issues there. And, <clears throat> and really, I mean, just because of his size and his, you know, his injury history, how much was Trevor able to give you this year? We, we just don't know. You know, and backing Patterson up, you know, as a freshman, Zeke Corral, luckily, or not luckily, but, you know, he came in as an early enrollee. So he there's some experience behind, or not, not experience, but at least a little more practice time for the guy behind Patterson. I mean, the first snap that Patterson makes in a game will be the first snap, will be the first play he ever has in a as a Notre Dame player, I believe. I don't, I don't think he played a down last year. I'd, I'd have to check the snap count. Um Obviously, he, he has a fifth-year eligibility, but um, whether or not he played in one of those four games, I don't know. Um, but right there is your guy. You know, if you say, give me a sophomore that's going to be, you know, the best sophomore on the team this year, I'm going to say Jarrett Patterson. And, look, he's he's the starter at center. That's a, it's a key, key position. You're touching the ball every play, man. That doesn't get more key than that. Uh, so I'm a, I'm a roll with Patterson. And, and I, I think if, if I was making a top three list, uh, Patterson would, would be number one on my list. Uh, just moving down then, we're, we're going to go to the – that covers it for the offense. Uh, I, I, and I think that's quite a bit of names, really. Uh, so what were we talking about? We had, you know, Jameer, Tommy, uh, two wideouts. Uh, and Jarrett, you know, you got five players, five sophomores over there on offense. That's, that's quite a bit. <clears throat> but it's going to get even more probably on the defensive side. Uh, Notre Dame had lost so much on the defensive side of the ball to the NFL draft. You got to expect guys to come come in and back them up. And looking at defensive tackle especially, you know, when you had um, Jonathan Bonner and uh, is gone now and Jerry Tillery, obviously, to the first-round draft pick. You, you're going to have to plug in those spots. 
Kurt Heinisch and, and MTA are definitely your, your top dogs there. Uh, but who's backing them up? And it could just very well be two sophomores. Now, Jamie and Franklin is, is one, and he is coming back from an injury. And he, they just released a video. He's moving around great. He, so I guess the hope is that he's ready for fall practice and ready to go. Uh, you know, he tore his, I think, his hamstring off of his bone. That's nasty, man. That, that's, like, super nasty. Uh, so if he's able to go come fall camp, uh, right, right there's, you know, a guy, for, you know, that's going to play the nose. You know, he'll be backing up Heinish. And then the other one is uh, Jason Admiola. And look, Jason Admiola, there was a lot of hype for Jason coming out of high school. And I, I think he lived up to it in a lot of ways. He, he had a very productive freshman year. And when he was in playing, he was very productive. I think he had 18 tackles um, and, you know, on the season. I'd have to take a look here, but... You know, they were very productive tackles. Like, he used his time very well. I think, uh, oh, well, maybe it wasn't 18. No, it was it was 19 tackles, 19 tackles. But he didn't have a whole lot of, of playing time. He played in 12 games, but, you know, it was kind of here and there. But when he was in, man, he made, he made the difference. Uh, so... Those two guys right there, those are your back, two sophomores are backing up two juniors basically. If that stays that stays legit through through fall camp, I, I think that will be the case. And you can't get, I mean, that's big. They want to rotate on that defensive line. They've been doing, you know, we saw this back in 2017 is, is when it really started to show. Um, you know, and because they were because Heinish and, and MTA were coming in as freshmen in 2017, and they came in early. Like when they came in and played against Georgia, meaningful downs against the Georgia Bulldogs, that said a lot. And I think Notre Dame wants to continue doing that. And I think uh, Admiola and Franklin are two guys that that can do that for them this year as well. So, and that's not as freshmen; these guys are sophomores now. You know, obviously Franklin the setback with that injury, but Jason, man, he, I think he's, he's ready to roll. I, th- I think people are selling him a little bit short and th- that's going to be a, a, a mistake. Uh, you're going to wish you didn't sell him short. Uh, then going to defensive end. Now, look, there's probably no position stocked more uh, at Notre Dame right now than at defensive end. You know, you got Julian Aquara, Khalid Kareem, Dalen Hayes, Ade Ogundeji, uh, Jameer Jones, who we all know Jones is, is going to be taking uh, a fifth year this year, or going to be taking a red shirt in a way this year. So he'll only be playing in four games. They want to, you know, they want to bring Jones back next year because they they will be losing Hayes, Kareem, and Aquara. And that way you have Ogundeji and Jameer Jones coming back basically as, I mean, if you're looking long-term plans, that seems to be the long-term plan coming back at, um, in 2020. But Notre Dame likes the rotation there, and they ha- they legitimately have you know three deep, you know defensive end, and you know two of those players are sophomores. They moved Ovi Ovi Ogofu up from linebacker defensive end. We've heard great things about him, but I don't have Ovi on my list right now. Um, you know, haven't haven't seen much game action. Justin Admiola, however is somebody who has seen some game action. 
much like his brother, was pretty productive when he was in there. You know, he, he did well. He had nine tackles. And, you know, he seemed to hold his own all right as a freshman. And that was that was a little bit surprising. You know, Jason was the higher-rated recruit coming out of high school. And Justin, um, you know, wasn't as highly ranked. So I don't, there was less pressure on him there on the out, on the edge on the outside. But, you know, we saw like in Virginia Tech, you know, where Dalen Hayes wasn't able to make the trip. Uh, but then Aquara gets hurt. And then, you know, you need a guy out there. And Admiola filled in just nicely. I mean, he, he seen the, saw quite a few plays uh, there in Blacksburg. And, you know, he did well. He's, he's on my list. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving over to linebacker. Now, th- now this is where it's going to be be pretty tricky. So you got Shane Simon and Jack Lamb, both fighting for the buck. And, you know, Jack Lamb eventually was injured again uh, towards the end of, um, end of the spring there, didn't play in the spring game, and Shane Simon did. Now, how the fall battle is going to work, we don't know, but the edge seemed to have been going Lamb's way in spring. Uh, leading up to the blue goal game, but maybe Simon turns it on in the fall. I don't know, but take your, I, I to me, I, I just, we're not going to know. Uh, I think many, most people are, are, are putting their money on Jack lamb to, to emerge there. Um, and, uh, and I can see that for sure. Uh, but I don't, I wouldn't bet on it. I, I, <laughs> I, I would, I wouldn't place a bet on that. Cause that, to me, that seems just too much of a toss up. Um, but I think both players find a role. What you know, maybe it's a rotation thing. I mean, Clark Lee had mentioned it, you know, quite a few times in in uh, throughout spring. You know, rotating guys through, and then you just saw it, like the way that they were moving linebackers around. You know, with Asmar moving from Buck to to Mike, and you know, just stuff like that. And you know, Shane from from uh, Rover to Buck. It, it, I won't say. Saying linebacker is kind of a mess will be a little bit is an overstatement, but it's kind of messy because we're just, we're still not sure what's going on there. You know, losing Tranquil and Coney is just huge. So you're trying to fill those spots. I think Drew White was the guy they had pegged for the mic, and you know he was injured for for spring ball. Uh, so it, it's kind of hard uh, to tell. I mean, it just really is. You got Jordan Gamar Keith, Jeremiah Wosu Koromoa. Got a lot of got a lot of bodies in there that were, that they're trying to figure out, but of the sophomores, the Lamb and Simon, one of those guys uh, are going are going to and probably need to emerge. Uh, there's another sophomore in that mix too, and that's Paul Moala, there at Rover. I I think he can definitely step in to that role. Uh, I'm not sure if if that's going to be the case. I mean, uh, Jeremiah Wosu Koromoa. I think might have might of all the linebackers might have his spot locked the most, and that's even you know talking about Asmar at Mike. Um, I think Jock there might be penciled in, but Moala right behind him. They're very high on on him, moving what he did, and just watching him in the spring, it's it's a good spot for him. I I think that's an athletic um, player um, that, that can provide a lot at linebacker. So. Go from linebacker, or we got our last two players on the list, and and they're both corners. Uh, it is Tariq Bracy and Houston Griffith. Now, Griffith 
kind of struggled in the spring there at corner. Uh, they had him on the other side of, of Troy Pride. And it was a lot of left-right. It was more left-right stuff this, this seemed like this spring than than field and boundary. Um, and that was that was kind of like, uh, you know, the big deal about Bracey. We, people thought Bracey would get fitted into the defense, would have to move Pride over from... Um, from the field to the boundary, uh, just Bracey just, you know, he just really probably can't play, play the boundary, uh, very well. So, I mean, or well enough for what we want to put him over on the field side. And I just don't know. <laughs> I mean, that's a big time. I mean, Griffith seems that he needs, there, there's, there's just something lacking there right now. And I don't know what it is. Uh, he has all the athleticism and, and the ability to do it. Something just hasn't quite clicked right. Now, you know, Griffith played a lot at nickel last year and maybe more than he should have as far as, you know, perhaps nickel wasn't the best spot for him. But they needed him, and he he put in the minutes. And he had some moments, um, both good and bad. But as a freshman, mind you, this, this wasn't a junior out there having those moments. It was a freshman. So these are two guys that have a lot of experience coming back as sophomores can give a lot to you. Uh, how much that is, I, I think it's still going to be determined. You know, I think a lot of that could be dependent upon, I mean, corner is, is, is a lot like linebacker right now. <clears throat> now, you know, Sean Crawford, is he able to come back fully healthy? If that's the case, you know, I'm pretty sure he locks in at, at nickel. Uh, Avery Davis was your starter at nickel throughout the spring, but you know, is does he still get that? Is that still the case? Even with, you know, say Sean Crawford's unable to go, is Avery Davis still the nickel or do they want to move Houston Griffith there? You know, you still don't know what you're doing. Maybe with a guy like Kyle Hamilton, you know, could play the nickel, uh, a freshman coming in. But, you know, I, th- I think there's a lot of uncertainty there. Dante Vaughn, uh, if he comes back healthy, maybe he locks down that other corner spot. I mean, he was the one that came in for Julian Love in the – Cotton Bowl. Now, a lot of people put a lot of heat on Vaughn because of you know what happened, but a couple things here, and we've mentioned this many times. He's playing with one arm. He was hip to hip on a lot of on a lot of that, and so playing with one arm it puts you at a disadvantage. And Clemson's wide receivers were ungodly, and they had a god and Lawrence throwing the ball to him. So it was a I wouldn't say unfair, but that was a that was about as tough as it gets right there. And coming in off the bench cold, not, you know, as much as you prepare, he probably didn't really think that Julian Love wasn't was going to get hurt if he got out. No matter how much you think it, say it, you, you just probably not prepared for that. Um, so can he come back in the fall after this surgery on his shoulder? Can he finally be healthy? Can he finally be the guy that we all thought he might be as a freshman when he was playing? He's got such great size. He's got good speed. I mean, he can he can do a lot of things, and just watching his coverage in that game, you know, against like Justin Ross, man, he was right there. I I, I didn't have a whole lot of issues with that. He wasn't able to make a play on the ball, and maybe that was because of the arm. And, and hell, there was a time he, he made a great play on the ball, uh, and, but it got tipped. <laughs> it went right in uh, to the receiver's hands for a touchdown. So I I'm actually high on him, but I, I've strayed away from the whole sophomore talk. And so I'm going to bring that back in. And look, I, I guess if there was a top three of Notre Dame sophomores, 
I'd probably definitely have to go Jarrett Patterson, number one. Probably Kevin Austin, number two. Uh, and then probably Houston Griffith, number three. I, I, I think he's going to come come through with uh, with everything in the fall and, and find a role, whether that's at corner or whether that's at nickel again. I, I just think that those three. And you're close and very close second, or excuse me, very close fourth. Uh, I have like Jason Admiola. So... I, I I think a ranking is kind of silly, but but if you're looking for where maybe I might have them at, that's kind of where I probably have them at. So I don't know, but that's all the time I wanted to take tonight, and uh, wanted to thank you for listening. Listen, please head on over to the uh, if you're on iTunes, give us a rating, give us a review, let us know what you think. And uh, thank you for listening. Go Irish.